Thank you so much for tuning in to Encounter AZ's podcast. We are believing that God is going to use this ministry to change your life. Now enjoy the message. I'm in awe of just being in his presence today. I went to, to bed last night and about 11 o'clock in, in the evening, I woke up and said, God erased my whole message. And I got nervous. I said, Lord, I said, I, I told my wife, I said, I can't think of anything. I'm a total blank. So I went back to sleep. I started praying and at 1 o'clock in the morning. I jumped out of bed, got up, and was like, thank you, Lord. Because everything that I forgot, he erased and put with something new. Jeremiah. <laughs> this is what we were feeling today. But let's start. Empathetic. It's the action of understanding, being aware of, being sensitive to, and vicariously experience the feelings and thoughts and experience of another. Sympathetic. It's the act or capacity of entering into or sharing the feelings or interests of another. How many of us realize that God is neither empathetic or sympathetic? He doesn't just experience our feelings from a distance. He doesn't just feel sympathy for our feelings, but he's actually experienced our feelings. And then what have I told you? He was neither. That God is something greater. Would you agree? See, we're talking about a God that left his throne on high in heaven and transformed all of his splendor into flesh and bone. Not coming down on some cloud as his glorified self, but taking time to, to live in an earthly vessel for nine months. See, he isn't some distant king that's ruling from afar with people he doesn't know and telling us that he can imagine our pain or our frustrations. No, he walked amongst us as one of us. See, he isn't empathetic or sympathetic because he knows what it's like to feel hunger pains because he actually felt them like we did. He cried just like we cried to be in our mother's arms, and he felt pain and sorrow, and he also looked in the face of temptation and fled. He took his first breath just like we did, and even though he was the Lord of Lords, he wasn't born into a castle but into a barn. And that's probably the reason why he opened the gates to the kingdom of heaven and left them open for you and for me. Simple. Let's bow our head and let's pray before we begin. Dear Heavenly Father, we truly thank you, Lord God. We thank you for today. We thank you for the ability and, and then just, to, just a chance to be in your presence today, dear Father God. Father God, worthy of all praise, worthy of everything that we can give you, the Father God. Not just for today, not just for tomorrow, the Father God, but forever, Lord. Father, I thank you that uh, you came down and you, and you dwelt with us, Father. I thank you that you came down and you decided to live with us, the Father God. I can't thank you that you came down and you decided to live within us, Lord. Amen. 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 All right, guys. I'm not sure. I'm a little chunky kid, so today this light feels really hot. So, but if I was going to use some scriptures today, I was gonna, I'm going to start with three scriptures. And then I'm going to make it quick. It's not going to be a big, drawn-out thing. But for John, we're going to start with John 1, 14. And it said, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only Son, 
who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I spoke about what I just spoke about now, that God came and he lived just like we did. Second verse we're going to use is John 14, 16 through 17. And it says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the word cannot accept him. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And the third scripture I'm going to give you because it's one of my favorites and because I have the microphone and I can do that. So, <laughs> all right. And it's Isaiah 43. But it encompasses everything that I'm going to talk about today at the end. And it says, let me go and read this because my definition has been. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by your name. You are mine. It means he knows you, Larry. He knows you, Brent. He knows you, Sarah. He knows you all by name. And he says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, and the flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. We already know what he gave for Egypt. <laughs> the only reason why... I have this feeling for, for this word and the scripture. You could put it, you could take it off. It's because the past six months, the church has experienced a lot of chaos. In the past six months, we've experienced death, we've experienced divorce, we've experienced <laughs> sickness, we've experienced, and once again, because of the sickness, we've experienced death. Got it. Sorry, guys. The microphone was broken, so I wasn't trying to keep it going through. But can you guys hear me? Yeah. Now you can. I'm sorry. You guys should have told me something. I would have opened up. <laughs> oh, I've been up all night thinking about what it is that God had to say. And I didn't want to go overboard and get all over extremes about what it was. But there's an excitement inside of my life when I think about God not just being somebody that's a distance, somebody that's not just watching me from, from afar, but not just somebody that wants to experience my pain or he's sympathetic to my pain, but one that actually experiences my pain. And the only reason why this is, it's, not, it's, it's only because he's living inside of me. Many of us forget that we get saved and we get sanctified and we get filled with the Holy Ghost, but we forget that God is living within us. He's living inside of us. And there is something about the fact that God lives and dwells with me. And when he goes, it's not only from, from what we hear in the New Testament, it goes all the way back to the Old Testament. When God even spoke to Ezekiel, that's why I wore this shirt. It said, the Holy Spirit is inside of me. And he says, I will put my spirit within you. It's been, been prophesied since the beginning of time that God is going to put his spirit within you. Before people had to go to the temple, they had to sit outside and they had to wait for somebody else to pray for them. They had to wait for somebody else to, to do something for them. But now... Now we, we, we have it here. I'm not sure about how many of you were going through the songs and they were feeling the presence of God. And it wasn't something that fell down, but it was something that started dwelling up from inside of you. It was something that was coming from the inside, and, and that was God. People always call, God, please fall down, fall down, fall down. But God doesn't fall down. He comes up. He overflows through us. 
He comes from a place inside that, that nobody can see. It's a place that's been guarded since the beginning of time inside of you when you were created. And when you were formed at the beginning of time, before there was anything here, God had you in his mind and he had you in his heart. And he was waiting for you. See, when I talked to, to Pastor Brandon, he asked me to, to, to preach. I was like, great, perfect. I got the perfect message. And then all of a sudden, he started speaking about John 15, 5. All right? So he stole my thunder. Because all of a sudden, I'm, I'm all excited. I got it. Because a few weeks back at Father's Heart, the last one, Father's Heart, God came and he told me we're going to go back in time. And he's going to bring back to remembrance and I got excited because that was my first message. That was the first message that I got to preach was that if I abide in you, if you abide in me, I will abide in you. And I got excited because I'm going to be able to talk about God living inside of me. And then all of a sudden, God brought to mind Job. And all the things that are happening inside of this church, I started seeing the story of Job. And I see that he lost his wife. I mean, he lost, he lost his kids. He lost everything that he owned. But the one thing that he had was still his wife and I asked God why is that and over and over again it always comes back to me because when the devil was up there talking to to God and he was saying yeah yeah he's all of this and he's all of that but if you take this away from him he'll curse you if you take this person away from him he'll curse you and he took his children he took his love livelihood and then God said well you could do anything you want to him he says well you know what you're only blessing him he's only blessing you because you haven't touched him and then all of a sudden, God said, go ahead and do it. But you can't do one thing. You can't take his life. So he lost everything that he had except the one thing that most of us want to get rid of right away. <laughs> it's his wife. Now, the only reason why I'm bringing up the wife is because I'm thinking about the church being the bride of Christ. So if he lost everything that he had, why was his wife still there? Now, the world is going on, and, and we're losing everything that you see, but the only thing that stays still is the church. Now, we're seeing territories and neighborhoods getting destroyed, but inside there, you still see one thing, and that's a church. You're going over there, and you're seeing overseas, and I'm not trying to get political, but you see ISIS destroying everything that has to do with the Christian faith, but there's still one thing that they can't destroy. And it's not the buildings, the people, and the people are the church. And the church is the, the bride of Christ. See, his wife wasn't lost because she just was in the wrong place at the right time or she was hanging out with him. It's because he told him that she couldn't touch his life. And, this, and the Bible says that, <laughs> that you're going to leave your mother and your father, and you're going to cling on to your wife, and you guys are going to become one flesh. He couldn't kill her because they were one. See, the devil could come and he can destroy the whole world, but he won't be able to destroy the church. Why? Because we are one with Christ. We are his wife. We are the bride of See, you guys got it now. And I guess it's maybe because you can hear me a little bit better. That's okay. I'm not used to speaking with a mic. I have a big mouth. All right. <laughs> Oh, God, let her curse you. So she, now I'm going to continue. <laughs> and I'm trying to contain everything that I have inside because I speak really fast. And then this is the way I usually preach. But one, we've had one family in this church that lost two or three family members within a month. 
And I know they were asking themselves, God, where are you in this situation? I remember day after day when I was growing up, and in every household, we had something called footprints on our walls. Millennials probably don't even know what that is, but it was a, it was a picture of a set of footprints walking in the sand. And it was a real simple poem, and it, and it spoke about somebody suffering and going through a situation. And he said, God, I see two sets of footprints going on throughout my life, but then I realized that there's one set of footprints in the roughest time of my life. And God said, that's when I carried you. When you were going through the good, when you were going through the good, I stood there side by side. But when you were going through was bad, when you felt that I wasn't there, when you felt that everything was going against you, the only reason why you survived is because I lifted you and I carried you through the storm. When you couldn't walk, I picked you up. When you felt like you had to be on your knees and it wasn't in prayer but because you were giving up, I lifted you up. See, I read Isaiah 43, 3, and some people were like, well, what does that have to do with God being inside of us? But the thing is that God is constantly with you. I'm not saying that he's, he's not empathetic. He's not a person that looks at you and says, oh, man, I can feel what they're feeling. He's not a person that sees you and goes, oh, man, I feel bad for him. He's living and dwelling inside of us. So when you feel pain, so does he. When he sees you happy, when, he's, when you're happy, so is he. He doesn't want you to, to go through all these situations by yourself. But the church forgets that. We believe that we have a father and we have a son and we got, and we got saved and he's here for us. And we think that that's it, that we're left on our own. That we have to do this by ourselves. That the only way that we can get this feeling is if we're in church on a Sunday. But I can tell you that you can praise him every single day at home. You can't leave from his presence. You can't go away somewhere. You can go to the depths of hell and he'll still be there waiting for you. There's a lot of us that go through and, and there's a lot of us that right now that are even here in church and we're, and we're suffering and we're, we're suffering from addiction. It's a secret addiction. Most people don't know that we have it, but we're suffering from it. There's a lot of us that are suffering from alcoholism. There's a lot of us that are suffering from drug addiction. There's a lot of us that are drunk. Pornography. It's a simple hidden thing that nobody sees, but we're suffering through it. And we think that we're suffering through it alone, but no, God is there with you. And you're standing there and you're wondering, God, where are you through my situation? I'm inside of you waiting to be let out. I make, we make shirts for the church. And I made this right here because it was like a tear. And the inside of it, it was just the Holy Spirit. Everything else around it looks like there's a void. But there is no void when the Holy Spirit is there. There is no void inside of your life when the Holy Spirit is there. There is no void inside of your life when the Holy Spirit is waiting to come out and be there to heal you, to protect you, to bring you through. All you have to do is just let him out. I laugh because I said, <laughs> I put down, and I just wrote my scriptures down. You guys don't, I don't ever write anything down, but the big thing for me was that I realized that God was one of us. It's that song, What If God Was One Of Us? It's a slog like one of us, right? You guys remember that song, right? Well, the thing is, yeah, I'm not going to sing it. But the, the, 
But the thing is that God, God, God lived like amongst us. He lived like one of us. He cried just like we did. He was flesh. He was just like us. He fell down. He scraped his knees just like we did. And he lived and experienced life just like we did. But we forget that. We forget that he lived and he died for us in our sins. We forget that when he said that I'm leaving now, but I'm sending somebody to comfort you. And we feel that we're at it alone. Day in and day out, we're going through and, we're, and we, we say, welcome Holy Spirit. But we don't realize that the Holy Spirit is living and breathing inside of us. And is just waiting for a moment for you to let him out. And do what he's supposed to do, comfort you. We call our sisters, we call our brothers, we call on the pastor, we call on everybody else, except we don't call on ourselves that has God living inside of us. We're his temple, and all he wants us to do is open the doors and let him out. (laughs) When... I was going through a tough time in my life. I got saved, and then it became all too real. God started speaking through me, and God started talking through me, and he started putting scripture inside of my heart, and I didn't know about him. And then all of a sudden, he started speaking to me about other people's problems. And when I met somebody and I shook their hands, I felt what they felt. It was like that empathy feeling right there, but... I felt what they felt. I felt their tears and I felt their pain to the point that I would have to let go. And I knew it wasn't me because that wasn't the kind of person that I was. I could really care less at that time. But God started letting me feel what it was like to have him living inside of my life. And what it was like to, to be him and then to, for people not to understand that. So I would grab somebody's hand and I would say hello and then I would have to let go because I could see what was going on. God started to use me, and he started to speak to me. He was living inside of me, and I was, because I was allowing myself to be used. Every single one of us has a gift that God has given us. And the biggest gift that he gave us was salvation. But the second gift that he could have given us is to understand somebody else's pains. We, are, we have a chance to be empathetic, and we have a chance to be sympathetic to their needs. But if we're walking and living inside of Christ, we'll be neither because we know what they feel. Does that make sense? It's, it's not, it's, it's probably something Josh would talk about because he's always using, he's always bringing up the big stuff and, you know, and he's always breaking something down that he, that he read somewhere. But if you guys don't know, this is Pastor Josh. He's our praise and worship. He's one of our praise and worship leaders. He's, he's one of the associate pastors and this is Pastor Brent. And for those who are visiting, let's give him a hand, please. Now, between these two men... I've experienced one thing, and I've seen one thing, and that's God's heart inside of them. Pastor Josh has a ministry that's called Father's Heart, and then we see his heart for the Father all the time. And then it's always praise and worship. This altar right here, this is something sacred. This is a place where, where the word of God is brought, to, where the, the music is brought to usher him in. But how many of you know that this ushering that happened earlier can happen inside of your heart every single day? How do you know that everything that, w- that was done here today can go on without even words being said? Because the spirit is inside of you, living inside of you, dying to move out. The whole purpose of what I was 
going to speak about today was what the message that God was giving me earlier was just that he's living inside of us, that he feels what we're feeling. And it kind of went out the window when I didn't see the one person that God showed me that needed to hear it the most from what I felt. And then all of a sudden he put a mirror inside of my face and he says, no, Joey, you needed to hear this. Because as men and as women of God, we're always praying for somebody else and we're always talking about what they need, what they need. If they would only understand this. But then the God inside of you stirs up and says, if you would only understand this, that I am, that I have been and that I always will be with you. A lot of us go through and we're going through and God has given us a calling years and years and years ago. And we figured that it's past our, that we're past our prime, that we figured that it's gone already. But God is here to remind you, I've never left you. That promise that I've given you has never been taken away. That promise that I give you is only being fulfilled day in, day out. Just like Israel is seeing my spirit being fulfilled day in and day out. It's happening. The promise that I'm giving you is happening. And if you guys know me, I'm really calm right now, okay? And so, and I'm speaking really slow right now. And I don't know what it is, but it's this altar. Because if I was anywhere else, I'm shouting and I'm running all over the place, right? Amen. But I get up here and then all of a sudden I'm calmed down. And I already had this, this, had, this was all pictured in my head and now I'm like, I'm going to be like, ah! And I'm going to give you a little, huh, and the Lord said. But then I get up here, and I'm like Pastor Brad, and I'm Pastor Josh. <laughs> Keisha, I need you for an example. <laughs> yeah, I know she didn't sign up for this. This is how God is. Feel that? You felt it, right? I didn't. I go sit down. That's empathy and sympathy. You guys felt it because I pinched her, right? God would actually have felt. It. I just wanted to pinch her because she was talking junk, and I wanted to be like Pastor Brent, give an example. And now you need to sing Disney, bro, if you're gonna do right. That's a sad thing, bro, because the only thing I think of was the hills were alive. <laughs> Don't judge me. That's another thing. Growing up in my age, that was like every Saturday and every, every time of year, this time of year in Easter, was the, the sound of music would come on. And my mom would make us sit down and watch it. We're from Puerto Rico. What do we know about the sound of music? <laughs> but watching all of that, I, I seen one thing. They lost their mother, but God sent somebody else to be with them. It wasn't something that they were expecting. It wasn't someone that they were expecting. But she came out and she brought something good out of, some, out of all of them. And then when I'm going through and I'm thinking of my kids, I, I think of, of watching Mary Poppins and watching, uh, what is that girl with the cane? And doom, doom. Oh. Nanny McPhee. <laughs> and these kids were horrible. But once again, they had no mother, but they had, they had nobody but God sent somebody to be there with them. And once again, they brought the best out of them. 
See, when we get saved, it doesn't mean that, that we're perfect. It doesn't mean any of these things. But it doesn't mean that we're going to forget all of our bad things. But it means that somebody's going to be there to help us so we can cast that all away. And then the more that they help you, see the more of the beauty that they see inside of them. Natty McPhee came in all crazy and scary looking, looking like God knows what, warts and everything else. But every time something good happened inside of those kids' life, she became more beautiful. And that's the way that God is with us because we realize that every time that something gets taken away from us, he becomes a little bit more beautiful. He was always the same person, but to us he becomes a little bit more beautiful. Little by little, the good things start to happen. Hey, today I didn't swear. Oh, my God, God, you're so beautiful. Today I go through and I didn't smoke a cigarette. Oh, God, you're so beautiful. Today I go through and I didn't look at pornography. Oh, God, you're so beautiful. Today I go through, it's 5 o'clock and it doesn't become be a 30, but it becomes time for me to spend time with my wife and kids. God, you're so beautiful. And little by little, all these things that were always there, we start to see about God and we realize that God is here within us. And we've been going through it, and we realize that we don't have to call, <laughs> Bishop, <laughs> we don't have to call the pastors to pray for us because now we've got this strength inside of us because we realize what God is doing inside of us. I'm going around in a circle, but it all leads to one thing, that no matter what you go through, no matter where you're at, God is inside of you, and he wants to live inside of you. The whole reason that I thought of this and the only reason that I know that God was speaking to me about this was because we've been experiencing a lot of pain inside of the church. And we come week after week and then we come week after week with the same pain because we forget that God is living inside of us to clean it up. So today, when you go home, I'd ask for one thing for you guys to do. Once that, uh, that urge to smoke comes around you, remember that God is living inside of you. Every time you take that puff, God is taking that puff with you. And this is God's temple. When you decide to, to take an extra drink, because I'm not going to tell you that drinking is wrong, but I'm going to tell you that it's not good. But every time you do and it becomes excessive, remember that God is the one that's taking the same drink with you. And he's the one that you're not just intoxicating yourself, but you're intoxicating his spirit as well. We never thought of it that way, right? Because we're only doing it to ourselves. As soon as our mouth comes opened up and we start to, to start speaking different things on people's life and we start to gossip about them, once again, you're making it seem that God is also gossiping inside them because God is living inside of you. So now all of a sudden God is coming out of you with hate in their mouth. The Holy Spirit can, can feel pain. The Holy Spirit can, can feel sorrows. God can. When he saw Lazarus in the tomb, he cried. When they told him that he wasn't there, he cried because all along he was standing amongst them and they didn't realize it. This power that we have now isn't something brand new. It's something that's been here since the beginning of time, but we just never tapped into it. Once again, I told you I wasn't going to be here long, but I ask you one question today. Do you want God to, to move inside of you? Do you know that he's dying and he died to move inside of you? That he's waiting for you to, to just stir him up just like we move this table around and Pastor Brent is so good at doing, you know? 
But this God is just dying to, he's just standing around waiting. And he's waiting, and he's waiting for you to stop and allow him to do this. He came, he lived, he died. And then he came back to live inside of you. That was his whole purpose from the beginning of time was to to be with you, to commune with you. And we took it up amongst ourselves to commune amongst ourselves and everybody else but with him. I just ask that one thing, that today, after you leave, you remember the the guy that was all quiet and shy when he got up here, and then when he gets out of here, he's all loud and rambunctious. But that you just remember one thing, that, that God is looking to live inside of you. God is looking to move inside of you, and he has... He has all rights to do so if you allow him to, and he will. But you guys have to open the door and allow him to do it. And remember one thing, when there's a lot of, we've had a lot of things going on in this church. That's the only reason why I know that God is doing something here. Okay? We've had people lose their jobs. We've had people <laughs> lose their wives, their husbands. We have people to, 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 just to pass out on us. We've had people break their legs playing a softball game. Somebody throw their back out just picking up a bowling pin, you know. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know his wife beat him beforehand, but still. Okay. We've had, oh, it's the truth, see? I knew it. All right. We've, we've had a lot of things go on inside of, inside, inside of our encounter, but I know that that's the reason why is because we're growing. The reason why is because we're dangerous to the devil because we're helping people get themselves free. It's the only reason why you go through these things. There's, uh, I know we've had a lot of people struggle with, with uh, we've had a lot of people come into this church that's they've been broken and they've been hurt. And I want, and they, and then I've, I've heard a lot of them ask, where's God through all of this? I said that they felt alone. But once again, he sent the word that he has sent the comfort for you. It's inside of the word, but sometimes we don't hear it. So sometimes we got to remind you, okay? God is with you. He's living inside of you. And he wants to be a part of everything that you're doing. Now, I'm not sure, but if you have a chance, go Google the footprints if you've never seen it. Read it. It's a cute little poem, but it used to be hanging on everybody's wall. You might remember being in your grandparents' house. And there's a footprints part one, and there's a footprints part two, because they show the part when he's walking by himself, and there's only one set of footprints. And then there's the section, second part that somebody made up way afterwards, and it shows footprints all over the place. Everywhere. There's footprints there, there's footprints there, there's two sets of footprints, and they're going around in circles, and it just looks like there was chaos, like, a, it was like some elephants came trampling through everything. And he says, Lord, I, I, you, I know you told me about the part when we were walking together, and then about the part where you lifted me up and you carried me, but what is all of this? He said, my son, that's when we danced. That's when we danced. I'm going to leave you with Isaiah 43, 11, once again. 43. Can you put that one back up there? Because my computer screen went dead. It's up. I just want you to remember one thing. Go from the beginning. That's the end. Okay? But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. 
and I have summoned you by name. You are mine. There's a song that right now that goes around. He knows my name. I love that song. All right? And it says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Those two footprints that became one set of footprints, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, when everything is trying to make you drown, when everything is trying to knock you over, when everything is just trying to put you in your face, he says he carry you. They will not sweep you over. They won't be able to because God is there with you. He's strong enough to, to be that, that barricade that won't allow that to happen. And then just, <laughs> just like how you say it last week, uh, with a bend and go, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. No matter how hot it gets, no matter how bad everything is going around you, that fire is only meant to smelt everything away from you and take away all the impurities because it can't do nothing to you but take away what's bad. I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You know what? I'll read the last part because it says something important because this is where he took you out of. I give Egypt up for your ransom, cushion, Seba in your stead. That means he takes away everything that's bad. He takes you out of every situation. You're Egypt, and he sets you place, and he puts them up for ransom. He said when they try to hold him down and they try to tell me, God, you can't have them, here, I'm taking you, and I'm setting you free, and I'm putting the place that held you captive up for sale. So we read that last part. I just ask you to rise. Worship team, come up. We'll make this easy for you. Give you guys a quick break. Once again, before we go through it, like I said, we want to just give honor and praise to the man of this house, man and woman of this house, the, our, our pastor, Mr. Brent, and Pastora Jen. I call her Pastora because she likes that. She eats a lot of tacos. Okay. <laughs> pastor Josh. And his wife, Jen, as well. And these, they go in and out every single week, and they give up themselves. They give up their time. They give up their family's time. And even more, sometimes a lot more than anything else, they also give up their family's income as well for you guys. Okay? I want you to keep them in prayer because right now the, the body of Christ, the ministers are under an attack. We just had a pastor just, just uh, he took his own life recently. He was battling depression. Now, this is a man that fights day in and day out for somebody else's depression, and he couldn't beat his own. I'm not saying anything bad about it, but sometimes we forget that God is living inside of us, and he can, and he can heal us from all this pain. Worthy of our praise, yes, he is, but he's also one that heals us through all of this. Today, tomorrow, he's worthy. Remember, one thing. That God loves you, he cares for you, and he doesn't want you to walk alone. You might be by yourself, but you're never alone. Bow your heads and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for the word that you gave today, dear Father God. We thank you for the, the praise and worship that came out today, dear Father God. We thank you for the healing, dear Father God. We thank you, Father God, for just calling to remembrance, dear Lord God, that you are within us. That you are living and breathing with us, Father. So, Father, we thank you, we honor, and we praise you, Lord. Amen. Pastor Brent. You know, I think it's a powerful word, and I love um, Pastor Brian Houston would put it. Thanks for preaching to our Monday morning. 
because I think we've, we've developed a culture in this country where we can come to church and, and fulfill some desire of, of ourselves to say, I put in my time and, I, and I'm going after Jesus on Sundays. But can I tell you, if you're not living and understanding the power of God lives in you on Monday just like it did on Sunday and living it out, then you're missing something. Because, and the only reason I know is, is I know now I'm in ministry and, and it seems like I have it all together. Don't ask my wife because she'll tell you I don't. But, but I'm telling you, I lived my whole life raised in church, raised right, and never knew that God wanted to live on the inside of me. I heard it in church, and I said, praise God, I'm a Christian, but I need you to know I did not understand it until I was 24 years old, and I was struggling with addiction, and everywhere I turned, the enemy had his hands on me, and I could not get his hands off of my life. But in one moment, when I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ and I said, come and live on the inside of me, all of a sudden there was another force that every time the enemy tried to get to me, he'd say, stand back. And the enemy couldn't put his hands on me anymore. My desires changed. And I started to say, wait a second, there's power in the name of Jesus. Even demons have to flee at the name of Jesus. So I wish somebody in here this morning would say, you know what? I'm taking my inheritance that Jesus paid for on the cross. I'm not here to be religious or fulfill some duty to come to church on Sunday. Jesus, I need you and I need all of you. Everything you got for me in the name of Jesus, I just declare the baptism of the Holy Spirit is gonna fall on some people this morning in Jesus' name who've been walking around in religion. But this morning, we just say in the name of Jesus, we just say to the enemy, get your hands off of me. Get your hands off of my family. The Holy Spirit is living inside of me and he will raise up a standard against my enemy. Be still and watch the Lord fight for you this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just declare this is your house. These are your people. Take authority in their lives as they lay down their lives this morning in Jesus' name. I'm going to have the prayer team come up. And if there's some issues in your life this morning that you need the power of God to just work in your life. The Bible says his eyes go to and fro about the earth looking for someone to show himself mighty to. And this morning, I believe he's saying, I'm looking at you and I want to show myself mighty in your life. Father, have your way in Jesus' name. Will you worship him with me for a couple minutes? Come up if you need prayer this morning.